weeknights from 6 on 2FM. Well, a big thanks to the two Johnnies and Afric for driving us through the weekend and setting us up for the weekend, I should say. It is Friday, November 17th. I'm Shane Dawson and you are listening to Game On. Coming up between now and 7pm, Paul Curry and Rebecca Cray chat football ahead of Ireland's final Euro 2024 qualifier Saturday and the Women's FAI Cup final Sunday. We'll also be joined by Adrian Eames live from Amsterdam and Fergal Brennan is standing by at Goodison Park with the latest from Everton's Premier League points deduction. Jane Mangan sets us up for the weekend racing. And Marty Morrissey does in from the All-Stars. As always, if you want to have your say, text us 51552. Game on on 2FM. Yes, hello there, good evening. Great to have your company. Paul Curry is in studio. Rebecca Cray is on the line. Fergal Brennan will be joining us shortly from Liverpool. He's been reporting on the evidence story and Adrian Eames is at the Ireland Press Conference. So a lot to get through in the world of football. But before we do all of that competition time because we are going to be previewing the FAI Cup final very shortly but how would you like to head along to Tallis Stadium this Sunday to watch the match yourself between Shelburne and Athlone Town well we have a pair of tickets to give away on the show today and to be in with a chance to win all you have to do is answer the following question which team are the current holders of the Women's FAI Cup which team are the current holders of the Women's FAI Cup text your answer followed by your name your county and email address to 51552 and we will announce the lucky winner before the end of the show as always competition terms and conditions apply see 2fm.ie for details Paul Curry, you've been keeping an eye on the Ireland under 21 match which is currently taking place in Norway it is Norway 1 Ireland 1 the second half has just started yeah it's a very even game Shane um Norway have probably had more of the ball they've some lovely players in the middle of the pitch in particular and, and they've worked it quite well without really hurting us mm. or creating too many chances I mean the goal that we gave away will be one that Jim Crawford looked back on and be very disappointed it was a, a second phase of play from a corner and it was a ball into the box and there must have been four Irish defenders around the ball and neither of them really got close enough and the Norwegian centre half came in and put them one up but we reacted well what we do have is a lot of pace and a lot of power in the final third with Sinclair Armstrong and Ida Maku. I actually think the two of them played together at Chemok Rovers in the underage levels as well yeah. so they obviously know each other quite well but they posed a threat and it was the combination of the two that got us back level Ida Maku nicked the ball off one of the Norwegian centre halves uh, in and around the 18 yard box he laid off Sinclair Armstrong had a strike deflected into Maku's path and he levelled us just before half time so if we could link the ball a bit better is what I'd say Shane Levy and Healy in the middle of the park decision making hasn't been brilliant when we've been on the ball you just got to feed Armstrong and Amaku because as centre halves go or centre forwards go mm. they would be a nightmare to play against they're so big they're so strong they're so quick and hopefully we can get a, a couple of chances their way and uh, a draw would not be a bad result out here with how we've started this group yeah absolutely absolutely no Andy Moore and of course he could be in line to make a debut for the senior team um, tomorrow Ireland currently uh, top of the group but uh, yeah late win over Turkey and uh, victories over Minnows uh, with respect to San Marino and Latvia so one all at the moment we'll be keeping you updated that match is live on RT2 television if you want to watch it on the box on mute and have us on the wireless <laughs> uh, is a, a good combination um, FAI Cup so Rebecca Cray joins the conversation. It is a repeat of last year's Women's FEI Cup final, of course, between Shelburne and Athlone. Shelburne were victorious. Plenty of drama. Um, Rebecca, it's fair to say both teams have, have changed somewhat. Both teams lost a lot of key players, but they've brought in players that have added um, to the squads. So 
I suspect there won't be much between the two sides come Sunday afternoon. Not at all, not at all, Shane. I think I've seen a figure there, just like 16 changes across both teams since last year. So there's been a, a huge upheaval, let's just say. Um, you know, we, we've kind of seen a, a change across the season as well, obviously with, with the change of personnel down that loan um, mid-season with, with Kieran Kilduff coming in there and, and, uh, instead of Tommy Hewitt. Um, so yeah, look, it's going to be definitely a spectacle. I know the, the President's Cup was at the very, very start of the season and, and that loan came out on top there. So, um, yeah, look, rematch of last year, a lot has changed, but um, most definitely will be a, a great game to, to be at and to watch. Yeah, just under 4,000, I think, tickets sold as well yeah. um, for the match, so it should be a great occasion. Paul, talk to me about the managers. So starting with uh, Shelburne's Noel King, who the club announced he was leaving before the end of the season. Now, I actually spoke to Noel at the, at the media day on, on Tuesday and he kind of said, ah, listen, it doesn't really affect me. It was a club's decision. It is what it is. It's about the cup final. Everyone's clued in. But surely, as a player, that, that'd be on the back of your mind How, how's that going to affect the players oh I'm sure they want to give them a, a really good send off I mean Noel's been a, around that Shelburne women's side and listening he's vast experience of winning games and I guess managing big teams all the way up to you know the Ireland under 21s and I'm sure he's keen to go out on a, on a high um, so, so could it work in, you're saying I think it could yeah. in a positive manner yeah I think it could I think as a player particularly the ones who'd be very loyal to know want to put in a real shift for him tomorrow and send him out on, on a good note um, I think Noel is probably you know it's very much his decision that he wants to move on mm. um, it doesn't seem like there's too much blab or bad blood between himself and the club and I, I think it's the perfect occasion for him to kind of sign off and, and hopefully put another cup victory behind his belt but he's the you know he's a real steady pair of hands um, he's he's so much experience particularly on the women's side of, of playing in big games Goal for Ireland sorry to put you across and uh, I'm sure Noel will be looking to sign off in big fashion but Sorry, I should have let yeah. you finish your point, Paul. That was no, 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 very absolutely. rude of me. Sinclair Armstrong, I believe, is the goal scorer. It's well, it, it does lean back on the point that I made earlier that you just got to feed the two <laughs> centre forwards. That's, that's, a, that's a huge goal for Ireland, Shane, particularly with how the group is is currently standing. And this is a player who has really grown in the last 12 months. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at the development he's had at, at Queen's Park Rangers, obviously involved with the senior side in the last international window. Brilliant to see him getting on the score sheet again, but it's. It's it's that link up play between the two. It's just a flick on from Sinclair Armstrong into Idamo Maku. Really good set from Idamo just into his path. And what you want then is is composure uh, between the ears. And I mean that's a really strong finish from Sinclair Armstrong. I'm sure Jim Croft mm. would be absolutely buzzing with that. If we were to win, that'd be four from four. That that couldn't have been more of what you described. It's it's big, big man up to Armstrong. Little flick down. Maku then one two and a, what a, what a great finish that is. That's that's exciting to see more talent come through. Not to be cliched about it, but let me those small incidents like that. Yeah, well, football has probably gone too far into you know playing out from the back and, and playing through the thirds mm. and six yard passes here and there. Sometimes a longer ball is actually the better ball, particularly when you've got two centre forwards like that up the top of the pitch. It can really hurt opposition. Isolate two centre halves and a little bit of combination play. Uh, between Amako and Armstrong and they seem to have a really good understanding of, of each other um, but yeah absolutely feed the two of them and you'll get chances Norway do not look convincing at the back but Noel King hopefully gets a good set <laughs> off for exactly we're bringing a full circle back to uh, management so on, on the flip side then um, so Noel King's last match for Kieran Kilduff Rebecca he's done some job coming in 
and having to win the players over after Tommy Hewitt there who, who had a very good season in charge last year brought them to a cup final obviously was really liked among the group um, I think the Athlone captain Laurie Ryan was even kind of saying that you know a lot of them didn't know much about Kieran Kildove so he did a job to win them over but he's certainly done that yeah, it seems to be the case. Look at, you know, it was a kind of big boots to fill in, in Tommy Hewitt, you know, given what he's done across the, the two years previous with, with with that loan, you know, and how much he improved the girls. And obviously there was still that good core group that were there. And obviously then Chloe Singleton came in this season um, to, to bolster their side. So, look, he, he had a bit of a, you know, an uphill battle, I suppose, this year. A lot of the, the results in the early kind of part of the season weren't really going the way Atlone probably hoped. Um, I think a lot of people maybe had the expectation that they might have been challenging for the league. Just didn't, obviously, um, work out that way. But look, in the last uh, month or two, they've definitely come into their own. And obviously, it wouldn't be a, a bad L season to say you've, you've made a final, you know, with the, the personnel in charge now. And if they were to win it, look, you know, be be uh, fantastic, I'm sure, for them. But... I'll be on the side that is is hoping it's not the case. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant character. I played him at UCD, and yeah, so good seems to be. Yeah, and you can imagine mm. that he would galvanise the squad wherever he goes mm. in. I'll be honest, he's probably not one that I played with who I would have jotted down as saying that would be somebody who go into management. But he's seen he's been really keen to get into it. He, he went for the Athlones men's job, job at one mm. point, yeah. and um, you know this is a really good opportunity for him, particularly this weekend, to put his name out there as. You know, somebody who is up and coming and somebody who has a real good tactical nerves about him but I think first and foremost a really strong character and you can imagine players want to play for him How much will that rub off on the players particularly like Kieran himself had some big nights in, in Tallis Stadium and um, some big European nights with Dundalk as well like that kind of experience because a lot of these Athlone players some of them would have been there last season in a cup final but others mightn't have been playing in, in a match of this magnitude yeah I mean cup finals are big occasions you only have to look at last weekend and, and you know what it can do to certain players whether it be you know a mistake if you think back to Anto Breslin it was probably a challenge that he doesn't typically make on a in, in a league game and, and cup finals can make you do stupid things but I think here on we try and instill a, a bit of confidence and also calm within a squad that's you know they've come into this in good form Shane they, mm. they, they have come in in good form they've won a lot of their league games in the draw even against Shamrock Rovers last day of the season we'll, we'll just give them a bit of belief that they can go in and they can they can put it up to, to Shelburne but I think as a manager you know you want to just in, ensure that your players are going in confidence and I think the form that they've brought in will enable that and Kieran, obviously with his enthusiasm you would expect that to be a bit of energy in their play too yeah 4-1 down I think they were against Rovers at the weekend and it was a 90 something minute winner equaliser 4-4 so plenty of drama for Athlone in Tala last weekend and no doubt more to come on Sunday Rebecca what's going to be key to deciding the outcome of this match yeah I know it might sound like a cliche but it's about who wants it more you know in the day um, two really good football sides, you know that, that with Shells very much a possession kind of football um, team you know the, the goals this year have been spread right throughout the, the team whereas I find that loan are a little bit more direct you know they have the players in midfield like Laurie Ryan and Marin Devaney who'll break up play and look to spray the ball wide you know to, to um, the likes of Maddie Gibson Kelly Brennan whoever may be on the wing there and Dana Sheriff or Sheriff I'm not too sure sorry I'm, I'm desperate with, with pronunciations um, has been you know fantastic for them got the, the golden boot this season um, really clinical in front of goal so They'd be looking to, to hit her early, no doubt. But look, you know, there's there's well seasoned, I suppose, veterans you could call them within the shells set up, um, and really good, talented, youthful players as well who'll be 
you know, looking to, to as you said, give give now that send off um, and obviously hold on to the, the cup we have from from last year. And look, it's just going to be one of those games that it's it's going to be. I think it's an out and out cup final. You know, you can't look at league form, you can't look at anything throughout the rest of the season. It's just going to come down to that that grit and determination um, come Sunday. And it, look, it's going to be a fantastic fantastic game for for people to get out and. and you know, showcase for the girls to showcase women's football and this league. Um, so, look, I hope that, that everyone who has bought a ticket um, will will come out and show up and forth. Absolutely. Final question. I'm going to get Paul to predict it, Rebecca, because I, I don't think it would be fair to put you in that <laughs> um, position. So, Paul Curry, when it's all said and done, who do you think will uh, come out on the right side of the result? I'll go for Shelby and I'll go for two reasons. I just think the experience of, of the big day will stand to them. Uh, of winning games in FAI Cup Finals and I'll also go for the head-to-head record I mean it's really strong when you mm. look at it against Athlone and I, I just think those two facts be enough to get Rebecca on the, on the beers on <laughs> you don't see me for a week <laughs> well, you, well you'll be on game on with us on Tuesday Rebecca so make sure make sure, make sure well, you're like, back for that yeah. well win, fueled with, win, with, with win or water. lose win or lose um, yeah, listen nothing. Rebecca enjoy the occasion uh, thanks for taking the call and uh, the very best of luck on Sunday and indeed the very best of luck to Athlone Town uh, on Sunday as well Rebecca Cray for now thank you uh, very much Paul you are sticking around because uh, the football chat continues um, the under 21s half an hour left to play it is still Ireland 2 Norway um, 1 but let's chat senior football now uh, Stephen Kenny's side are in uh, the Netherlands for their final qualifier uh, tomorrow and Adrian Eames is actually in Amsterdam who joins us on the line now um, Adrian what's the uh, mood like amongst the group and amongst the fans over in the Netherlands at the moment Good evening, Shane. Good evening, Paul. Yeah, I suppose it's a little uh, downbeat because uh, there's not nothing at stake, of course, for the Republic of Ireland uh, tomorrow night here in Amsterdam. By contrast, the hosts, they're primed to qualify a win for Ronald Koeman's side and they're off to Germany and the finals next summer. But for Ireland, of course, it just feels like the campaign is petering out the Stephen Kenny reign, drawing to a close. That looks like the inevitable conclusion. And, of course, uh, today, disappointing news as well because uh, Chidoziag Benny, we thought he may well be fit to take on the Dutch here in Amsterdam tomorrow night but Stephen Kenny in the last hour and a half or so at his press conference saying that Ogbené has been ruled out through injury bit disappointing that because obviously we got the news yesterday that Festio Baselli and Will Smallbone were out so when they were ruled out we thought well that, that perhaps augurs well for the likes of uh, Chidoziak Bene and Evan Ferguson who at the start of the week were deemed to be uh, concerns for Stephen Kenny along with um, Jimmy McGrath but Ogbené is out Evan Ferguson is fit he, of course he missed the game against the Netherlands in the September window and also the France game as well so he's all set to line out in Amsterdam as is uh, the aforementioned Jamie McGrath who's been in very good form for Aberdeen but you mentioned the fans plenty of the fans uh, travelling over in good spirits uh, whatever about the campaign uh, they're in good spirits and I'm sure this evening they'll be enjoying the, the cafes and bars and <laughs> museums of Amsterdam <laughs> no doubt Adrian no doubt um, Paul, what do you think the, the the mood would be like now that it is officially zero percent chance of, of qualification given the the result of the Slovakia match last night? Is that the kind of pressure off somewhat? The pressure's off, but it could also be a bit flat with with just how this group has has petered out, and mm. we've been out of it for so long now. It feels like the games are. are 
are almost non-competitive, Shane, and we're just trying to get good performances out of individuals and and from the team as a whole. But you know, I would agree with Adrian. I think it's very disappointing that Ogbeni is out. I think if you, if you were looking at somebody to maybe replace him, is Festi Obaselli because if you take those two players out of the squad we are lacking a lot of pace and um, when we haven't got that threat we haven't been superb in keeping possession of the ball so I'm starting to worry about the game tomorrow evening and what the Dutch might do to us because their form outside of the the games against France has been pretty decent they've won all their games they've been quite good against Greece and obviously um, once they got to grips with the shape that we played in Dublin that night they were very much in control of that game so I would expect it's going to be a long night um, I would imagine that there's going to be a bit of a flatness amongst the camp I think it feels ominous now that, that Stephen is not going to be there after this campaign the group is very much over no chance of qualification it just feels like we're limping now to the next qualifying campaign or the next mm. Nations League group or the next set of fixtures and who will be in charge and, and what that will look like is very much unknown and I think that could linger and be reflected in the performance tomorrow. Adrian, would you share those concerns that perhaps they might be able to press as much as a unit when it doesn't matter, might be as cohesive? Well, you know the way it is, Shane, with, uh, with Irish sides that traditionally when they're you know, cast in the role of the underdogs, they rise to the occasion. It's hard to see. You'd have to support what Paul is saying. It's hard to see that. But there may well be a kick. There's been glimpses about the Republic of Ireland during the course of this uh, qualifying campaign. And obviously, the first half against uh, the Dutch at the Aviva Stadium was very, very encouraging. But that's been the issue for the Republic of Ireland. They've been unable to sustain or maintain a full competitive 90-minute performance right throughout the campaign. And when you look at it, the league table doesn't lie. Just two wins, home and away against Gibraltar. That makes for pretty poor reading. And obviously, the Greece results in particular have uh, really haunted Stephen Kenny as the manner of those defeats as well, particularly the one in Athens. So in a sense they can go out and give it a go, but the home support will be right behind Ronald Koeman's side. They've got a couple of injury worries as well. Matthias De Ligt is out. No uh, Mickey van de Ven of Tottenham Hotspur. Nathan Ake of Manchester City has also been ruled out and uh, Denzel Dumfries is in line to make his 50th appearance. But there's a buzz about the Dutch now under Ronald Koeman. They started the campaign very poorly. Obviously France have been the dominant side, but for the Republic of Ireland, it feels very much like the end of an year and I think the, the full-time whistle tomorrow night, a lot of Irish fans will be relieved because uh, it's been a, such a disappointing campaign. And obviously for Stephen Kenny, his heart and soul has been in the job. He uh, started with great enthusiasm, great optimism. He spoke about his vision for Irish football, but it's, it's results, it's results and the results haven't been kind and, and that's the issue ultimately. Yeah, is, is there any word, Adrian, like it's, un, it's very un-Stephen Kenny to call a player into a squad and throw him in straight away so I'm of course chatting about and Andrew Moran who's been taken from the under 21s and it could be the 24th player to make a senior debut under Stephen Kenny but do you feel Stephen will revert to form and he's in the squad he's amongst the group but perhaps won't get game time immediately Perhaps not. It'd be a big one to throw him into. Obviously, you're perhaps suggesting he might come on as a late sub just to make his international bet. And that may well happen. It all depends on how the game is going, of course. But I, I would imagine that New Zealand on Tuesday is perhaps, uh, well, that's perhaps more likely than uh, tomorrow night. But you just never know. I'd imagine with the, you know, Paul mentioned Obaselli being out, maybe there's a role to be played now for um, Troy Parrott to come into the starting 11. We'll see. I, I'd imagine. Um, you know, it's it's always troublesome to second guess Stephen Kenny that perhaps he would have uh, fancied going with the team that started against uh, Gibraltar and uh, with uh, Jamie McGrath and Evan Ferguson both fit. You know, t- uh, tomorrow night, but that's not to be the case now with Benny out. But there may be a role for Troy Parrott from the outset. Paul, when you're playing what is effectively a dead rubber, it kind of links in, I suppose, to, to the point you were making. Now, obviously, any time you represent your country, any time you put on the green jersey is a proud occasion. You, you're playing for your country, but just how difficult 
is it? And and as a professional footballer, when you're coming into an international break, being whatever situation you you are in with your club, of of just getting physically hyped up. Yeah, it'll be difficult. I mean the Netherlands have something to play for which will certainly make it competitive and you would expect that they will be quick out of the blocks and I guess what you don't want is to be absolutely steamrolled on, on a night like that when you're playing against the seventh best team in the world away from home and that should be enough within itself Shane to warrant a performance from some of these players a lot of our players and particularly the younger ones who have come in as well haven't had a huge amount of positive nights in that Irish jersey and you could say for a number of them it's actually weighed quite heavily with the results of performances that they've had to endure I think first and foremost you're hoping that those players can go out and they can have a decent performance and maybe that's something to build on when you head into the next campaign a mm. result is absolutely um, you know imperative for this squad at some point that they're going to have to go away from home and maybe tomorrow night could be a chance for, for us to put a decent 90 minutes behind us and build into the next campaign there's no major signs of that I, I think you know for far too long now we've only played in fits and starts and when you play against good opposition they will absolutely tear you apart and Holland mm. have that in abundance to, to punish you um, but it has to turn at some point and you have to hope that the team can put it together for a whole 90 minutes and that is the type of thing that you would hope would motivate these players um, they don't want to be sitting fourth in, in groups to, to come and they certainly don't want to be sitting in groups where they've only beaten the bottom ranked side on both occasions and lost the rest of them that is not something that any of those players will want and I'm sure that they are looking to put this right at some point and you can only deal with the next match that's in front of you and hopefully Shane hopefully listen I don't see it happening but hopefully they can put a decent performance together yeah certainly hopefully um, Fergal Brennan is also on the line and I know Fergal was at Goodison Park um, today and we will be chatting about that story about Everton's points uh, deduction but Fergal would you like to bring any positivity to the conversation <laughs> <laughs> can can you see Ireland getting a result uh, I'd love to uh, I mean I can bring positivity to the conversation in the sense that I think yeah now that um, qualification has been completely mathematically signed off you won't need a calculator for tomorrow night's game I think maybe there will be a, a slight change of approach um, the players have been very clear in their backing of Stephen Kenny in the last few weeks and months and obviously they're constantly being asked what do you think is going to happen with the manager and they've not been shy in saying look he's done a huge amount for us you talked about the number of players that he's given an international debut to Um they probably well no well not probably they know that this is probably the end of Stephen Kenny being in charge and I think if if they do have any sort of loyalty to him and the chance that he's given so many of them that they, they will put in a performance the issue from the Dutch's perspective is qualification is still very much on the line for them and they have improved under Ronald Koeman I'm, I'm still not overly convinced about him as a manager but they've still got so much talent even with the players that will be missing that it will be really difficult I think a draw in, in realistic terms would be a positive result given how badly the group has gone up until now particularly those Greece results that have been mentioned um, and then it's just a case of wait and see there's, there's such a huge window between now and the next international match uh, after the, the New Zealand friendly I mean that we, we just don't really know what is happening everybody just has this sense of standing around and waiting for word from the FAI about what is going to happen with, with Stephen Kenny I know we've been like you could perceive us being overly negative here but that is just the reality of the situation Shane and that's what the performance have reflected throughout this group um, so 
<laughs> oh, no, no, that's oh, no, no. When I say uh, to add a bit of positivity, it was, it was tongue in cheek. It, it's it's been completely fair, fair, fair and balanced. We haven't got to Everton yet. No, we haven't got to Everton yet. But uh, final word on um, the Netherlands versus uh, Ireland to Adrian Ames, who, as I mentioned, is in Amsterdam. Um, how do you see this this coming? It's all said and done. The final word to you in terms of of how this qualification campaign will end. Oh, I, I think it'll it'll end as a as it has been for so much of the campaign. It'll probably be a spirited, gutsy two 0 defeat for Ireland. And look at if they put in a performance, that's what you, you'd hope for. But really, the end of the campaign probably for uh, uh, most of the Irish supporters can't come quickly enough, and perhaps uh, head into twenty twenty four with with a fresh start. But it's been very tough for Stephen Kenny. I mean, he's been you know he couldn't buy you know, a break at all mm. during his uh, managerial reign. So it'd be nice to see him go on, it on, on something of a high tomorrow night, but it's just hard to see it. OK. Um, Adrian Ames is on commentary on Ready One Extra for the match tomorrow. Uh, but for now, Adrian, thanks so much uh, for taking the call. Um, I was going to pivot to Everton. However, Paul Corey, Ireland have conceded a penalty? Yeah, it's Matthew Healy. He's, he's just pulled down the Norwegian centre-half. I'm just looking back on the replay here. Yeah, he's lost his man uh, for for two three yards, and he's just pulled them back right in front of the referee. Really poor decision from from Matt Healy to bring them down. And the Norwegians are just about to step up and take a penalty. But I actually thought they were going to get one, Shane, about five minutes ago. Uh, Lowell, I thought, pulled down or brought down one of the Norwegian centre forwards. So I wonder was that playing on the referee's mind that maybe he missed one and looking for any excuse to even it up but for, for Jim Crawford's men if they were to go 2-2 here he'll be so disappointed because even when we were having that chat Ireland had a couple of breakaways as well and they looked in the ascendancy uh, so it is it would be very unfortunate if uh, he sticks it away as I try and elongate my sentences because there's a delay of course yeah. there's a delay to yeah, you wonder is it Josh Keeley just trying to delay tactics here and, and put a bit of doubt in the penalty taker's mind Josh Keeley isn't the biggest of goalkeepers mm-hmm. with regards to kind of how much he takes up in the goal he's very good with his feet but probably not as strong when it comes to shot stopping but listen fingers crossed I'm, I'm proved wrong here here's hoping he's still I like that mind games in the goalkeeper goalkeeper uh, union I'm all for that he's pointing <laughs> at the spot and oh he's nearly got to it but it's but it's a goal it's a goal it was a cracker of a penalty as well. Tumped it, top corner. Yeah, I mentioned about 20 minutes ago, though, a draw isn't a bad result here for mm. Ireland. It really isn't a bad result. So it's, it's important that we don't go chasing the game now and, and try win it and, and leave major gaps at the back. I think it's a case now you just try keep it tight and see if you can at least feed um, Armstrong and now Johnny Kenny. I'm surprised he took Idemo Maku off. I thought that was a poor decision. I, I thought he was probably our liveliest player at the top end of the pitch. I don't know if he was carrying a knock or not. OK, 2-2 at the moment. Uh, Ernstad with the penalty uh, for Norway into this 74th minute uh, there, so we will be keeping you updated. Um, Fergal Brennan, you spent the afternoon at Goodison Park because Everton have been hit with a points deduction that sees them drop down to 19th place in the league. 10 points uh, deduction. What is the situation? Uh, a historic day uh, in terms of uh, Premier League not a particularly happy day well definitely not a happy day at all for, for Everton fans I've I've been there for most of the day speaking to um, fans who have kind of gone up to Goodison Park knowing that there would be television and, and media there to, to chat to and there's a huge amount of anger um, directed towards the Premier League in terms of what they feel is a 
very unfair punishment that's been handed down to them. Um, I think the main issue from the majority of Everton fans that I've spoken to is this idea of the unfairness because the Manchester City case is still ongoing. Obviously, there's not been any change on that from the Premier League's position and uh, what they will or won't be charged with. We obviously have to be quite careful on, on that particular subject. But in terms of Everton... This is a really unprecedented situation. I think just to grab a couple of the quotes from from both directions, Everton have said that they're very disappointed by the severity of the sanction that's been handed down, the the ten points deduction, which is which is active immediately. But I think interestingly, from the independent regulator, which they were referred to in March, there's also some interesting comments because they've not minced their words. They've said here that the recklessness demonstrated by Everton Football Club constitutes an aggravating factor. So some of the detail is very interesting and effectively what they've said is Everton chasing Premier League survival by recklessly, that's their, their words, recklessly spending in the transfer market is not a mitigating factor. So the six big mitigating factors that Everton have brought as part of their defence in this and one of them being Fahad Mashiri effectively saying we had to buy players particularly in midfield to bolster our squad to ensure that we had a team that would survive in the Premier League and allow us to continue to generate Premier League income that would in turn be able to pay off some of this debt now the Premier League have turned around and said that just isn't good enough because if you had chased these um, this dream of staying in the Premier League and gone down, then you would have not been generating any of that money and that money would still be outstanding. It'd still be owed. Um, and that's effectively where we stand. There's a huge sums of money involved. Now, Everton are saying that, particularly uh, in comparison to Manchester City, it's not. But there are big sums. And particularly when you look at the fact that there is a bit of a window that Premier League sides are allowed to um, have per year I think it's somewhere in between 120 and 150 million that they're allowed to owe provided that across a three year period there's a plan in place that that will be recovered to an acceptable extent that's just not the case for Everton um and this, this could continue to grow and grow and grow. There's four teams that are potentially looking at legal action against them. That would be Leeds, Leicester, Burnley and Southampton, who were all relegated within that period, that are now saying that there's an unfair advantage given to Everton by the fact that, obviously, they get this three-year window to sort their accounts out. They've gone down. Everton have stayed up. Um, it's huge. Um, th- there was a real sense of anger at Goodison today, but this is a huge, huge decision. And inevitably all eyes will now turn to Manchester City but there is no progress on that at this stage uh, Fergal will stay with us because I do have a follow up um, on the Everton story however Paul Corey there's another goal in Norway yeah it's not good news Shane it's uh, Norway have taken the lead 3-2 now against Ireland and you have to admit it was it was a really well, well worked goal down the left hand side number 9 who's just come on he's a centre forward I haven't quite grabbed his name just yet but he's got a big presence about him and he's just got down the side of our centre halves and he's rifled it into the roof of the net off the crossbar and past Josh Keeley and everything I said I was hoping Ireland wouldn't do they have done the last five minutes was they gone and chased the game and left a lot of gaps and maybe that's to be expected because of so many young players but I just thought it 2-2 see it out get your point and, and get back to Dublin so it's uh, it's going to be one there that we're going to have to chase in the last 15 minutes you're predicting it too well you had the link up play <laughs> from, from the two Irish strikers and now about what we didn't want to see happen um, but yeah 3-2 with uh, 78 minutes uh, on the clock there um, Fergal then Everton have issued a statement saying that they were shocked and disappointed yep. and they, they're going to appeal the, the sanction 
I'm right in saying. They are. Um, in terms of exactly what that will mean is, uh, is is still a bit of an issue. I've just checked that number, sorry, that, that I mentioned before. Uh, Premier League clubs are permitted to lose £105 million over three years if there is a financial plan in place to ensure that it can be effectively counted against. Um, Everton will appeal against this. Um, that process will probably start formally next week. The points deduction is immediately applied. So when they play Manchester United after the international break, though, as you mentioned before, they'll be second bottom. Burnley are below them, only on, on a worse goal difference. It's very difficult to gauge how this will go because it's never happened before. There isn't a precedent to look at and say, this is how the Premier League has acted in previous situations. But because it is such a bold step, and there's been a lot of speculation in um, in terms of people that cover the club quite regularly. I've spoken to a couple of people that work for Everton, and I think there was an expectation the deduction was incoming, but not 10 points. There was talk of seven or eight, and maybe that three or four of them would be suspended for a season or two. Um this was not expected to this extent and particularly the idea that it's come in bang deducted immediately they drop down the table they've been relatively good in recent weeks and pushing on towards mid-table um i think if if i was to, to look at this right here and right now i think the best they could hope for would be some of the points being suspended um for a season or two but i, I think from the premier league's perspective because they've come out and made this statement they also are keen to push this idea that no financial fair play within the Premier League has been not adhered to strictly for too long. Everton just find themselves as the first one in the firing line, and there could be more to come. The five, the, the commission over a five-day hearing uh, saw losses of one hundred and twenty-four point five million. So you you mentioned it's a hundred and five million threshold. Like, rules are rules, mm. but Everton. I suppose have a right to feel aggrieved here because in modern day money and all the ludicrous riches of of the Premier League, like it's not that much of a of a gap. No, and that is Everton's point. And in terms of the mitigation that they brought forward, they've effectively said you're, you're punishing us because we have broken the rule in the in the technicality of the law and. You know, for you and I, we're talking about huge amounts of money, as if as if we have that in the back pocket. But you're right. For uh, from the Premier League's perspective, it, it isn't much, particularly and inevitably. Then, when you look at Manchester City and the amounts that are being thrown around, obviously there's the potential uh, wider investigation into Chelsea uh, incoming as well. So I think this will form part of Everton's case that they will, as part of the appeal, say to the Premier League, "Yes, we have broken this rule, but it's not fair." to make an example of us when we have broken the rule but the gap is what it is where you've got other cases coming down the road that are much much bigger and and the potential and we have to keep using that word potential breaches are far graver both in terms of the money spent and the lack of adherence to the rules because the Premier League's wording is effectively saying to Everton that they've thrown money around they've not practically planned transfer windows squad investment they've just said right we need this player we're going to spend this money regardless of the financial fair play rules we want to stay in the Premier League we want to have this player in our team Everton are very clear in saying that everything they've done has been in good faith they're not sloshing money around on players and wages that they can't afford it was all done with this idea that when the Premier League television money and the Premier League sponsorship money drops in that that will cover it to a large extent and that has happened as you mentioned that gap in the figures generally speaking within the amount of money that's involved in Premier League football that has happened 
what's happened in this situation is I think the independent regulator have looked at this in the same way they look at many other businesses that are not Premier League football clubs and gone. That gap for most other businesses is absurd and there needs to be a punishment. But in the real world of Premier League finances, it's not that much. Okay. 10 points 10 points feels extreme mm. I, the only thing I would say on a chain is if there was a season to be deducted those points this is probably the season when you look how you know Burnley Sheffield United and Luton are really struggling down the bottom you would feel you know they're only two points away from Luton as it stands that Sean Dyche with the results that he's able to get would mm. probably manage to get them out but I think it feels extreme I wouldn't be surprised if they were to reduce that point deduction on appeal OK we'll be interesting to see we're going to have to take a, a quick break Fregel thank you Paul you're sticking around watching the under 21s RTE 2FM